0: Hello and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy city executives and entrepreneurs empowered and healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster. I'm a nutritional therapist based in Harley Street, London, and my community and I believe that your health matters. And when you're building a business or your love life is not where you would like it to be, it's understandable that you might forget to look after your body and your mind. But you are your number one asset, and without you, none of your life would happen, And I'm committed to helping you take care of you despite your busy schedule. And to help us with that mission, today we have the pleasure of having Jean-Pierre de Villiers on the show. Jean-Pierre is a high-performance coach, international speaker, and best-selling author. Jean-Pierre works with celebrities, CEOs, athletes, and royal families who want to maximize their potential, providing them with strategies to build and maintain a peak performance body and mind. Jean-Pierre, thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And what a great intro, not just to me, obviously I've heard that many times, but to your show. Yeah. So talking about health in the way that you did made me excited to be here.
0: <laughs> so uh, may I call you JP? Absolutely. I never like to assume familiarity before it's due. Um, <laughs> So, JP, for those who are new to you and uh, tell us a little bit who you are and what you do in your own words and a bit about your journey into becoming a high performance coach who is so sought after and respected.
1: Thank you very much, Stephanie. So uh, to keep it short, because I'm conscious of time, I pretty much live in the space of high performance and high impact as an athlete, as a coach, as a speaker, as an author, and generally as an influencer, not someone that just has loads of followers online, but I do my very best, and I seek to do my best every day to influence people to be better, to go after what they want, to live without regret, to own their life, essentially, and to have more of a hunger and appetite for life because we're either existing or we're living. And for me... There is only one way, and that's to, to go all in on life. Now, I, I wasn't always like this, and I didn't always have a life like this. I grew up actually very different. See, now I live in the highs of the highs, but I experienced the lows of the lows growing up, from abuse to bullying throughout my childhood and throughout my school years, only having one wish to be an adult. I just wanted out. I just wanted out of my existence growing up. But I was very blessed to find a way to get out of my head and get out of what was going on at home and and at school, and it was through sport. So I used sport as a way to always feel good, and it was my first strategy for high performance and and high-impact life, even though I didn't know it then. Then, unfortunately, in my late teens, I got caught up in some wrong things and partying and, and doing things that weren't good for me. And at 23 years old, after having realized that I was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse, I hit the lowest of the low. Now, even though I could recognize the lowest of the low from when I was a child to up when I was 23, my lowest of the low wasn't actually the lowest a person could go. But at 23 years old, I remembered the lowest of the low because I saw it when I grew up. And it was in my father. My father just got life wrong, and he hit rock bottom. And at 13 years old, when I was 13, a week after our birthday, which we shared, the 27th of July, I came home after a cycling race, and the police were at my door. And I was told by my mother that my father had unfortunately taken his life. Then I dealt with self worth issues growing up, but now I'm 23 years old. I'm lower than ever, I'm 10 years after my father's passing. And i'm heading in the same direction but when i was a kid nothing was my choice nothing was ever our choice as a child but now i was an adult i didn't have an excuse it was up to me if it was going to be it was up to me so i made a decision to not overnight but i made the decision to be committed to going from the low, lowest of the low to the highest of the high and it became my obsession Understanding why we do what we do, human behavior, communication, health, vitality, energy, psychology, sport psychology, everything to do with self-enrichment and personal development became my obsession, Stephanie. And at first, I'll be honest, I did it just for me. I had no intention to want to fly around the world and do this for a living. You know, we do podcasts. From, I'm in Dubai right now in a five-star hotel overlooking Dubai city. I had no intention. I did it just for me. But as I became selfish, I started to become self-full. And I started to really have a full cup and I started to just give from the overflow every day. First to my friends, then to my colleagues, and then I turned it into a profession. One of my sayings in my life is always do the best with what you have rather than focusing on what's missing. So the only thing I had ever had consistently was support. I became a personal trainer. Then I excelled at that and I moved into more of the psychology area of training and coaching. I became a coach, then a high performance coach, then an author, now a four times best-selling well, four author, and best-selling author as well. I'm launching my new book this Friday. And then I started to be invited to speak all over the world. And now 37 years old, many years later with a bit of grey on my beard. I'm blessed to be able to do this for a living for thousands and thousands of people every year. So that's my story in a nutshell.
0: That's amazing. And a lot of my uh, clients will be able to identify with this feeling of needing to escape and escaping to something that's been beneficial and healthy for you, like sport. uh, And sport has made you a better version of you. And also identify with when you escaped to... Uh, coping mechanisms and habits that were not in your best interest and not uh, promoting the best version of you, in fact, um, bringing the worst of you out. So uh, and and how you've recovered from that and now who you are today and how you've managed your mind and overcome your internal dialogue and your internal challenges every day. And that that's something that we all face and we all must master so thank you for inspiring us there and you inspire many people out you run events and you run retreats and seminars and in fact as you mentioned you're in dubai at the moment and you're uh, about to start your dubai life ceo mastermind which is sold out and you're putting together another one so tell us about these four days of high performance coaching on certainty energy (coughs) and obsession
1: Yeah, by the way, thank you so much. You're so perceptive. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's just about strategy and applying myself to things that are serving me and practicing things that are serving me as opposed to the opposite. And that's the, you know, I'll put my hand up and hand on my heart and say, you know, yes, some people don't need to immerse themselves in things uh, to reach their peak, but I had to. Because I was doing escapism. You're right. And now I'm just doing it in a very, very healthy way. I'm escaping my old self, my average self, um, and chasing the best version of me all the time. I'm currently in Dubai. I'm starting a, a very intimate coaching event. I run a thing called Life CEO Mastermind. And it's about owning your life. Life CEO the CEO stands for Certain, Energized, and Obsessed. And I believe that these are three three key ingredients for you to live your absolute best life, to have certainty, a great mindset, to have energy, great health, and to have obsession, great passion for your life. Because without passion, there's no purpose. And without purpose, there is no life. There's just existence. And the first thing that we do, because I, I understand very clearly today, after many, many years of exploration and life experiences and obviously coaching and practice and in educating myself that the one thing that stops us all from reaching our full potential is ourselves more specifically our fears so what i do is i take a handful of people and i get them to first address Identify and attack their fears, and give meaning to overcoming their fears. And then we go into three deep days of coaching with farm and meals and five star experiences, and we're doing the longest lip line in the world. But tomorrow morning it starts, and the first thing we're doing is a different activity, and I'm taking people skydiving. So yeah, amazing. Um, I get to do a lot of fun things.
0: <laughs> yes, and and just to clarify, I think the escape thing is actually a positive thing. I think. That's what even meditation or mindfulness is just to take. Mm. It's a positive thing to strategically escape from the speed of the modern day and take three days away to go to Dubai to reflect on your feelings and get out of your head and into your heart and start to connect with what truly matters to you. And then you're in a supportive environment, which you provide, to actually strategically plan your life by design and and live a life that reflects what's truly valuable to you that's that's a positive escape you're not running away from your problems you're just taking a moment to not feel that pressure of of death or direct debits or family life you're just taking a moment to just reflect on to on on what matters to you And, and that's positive escape in my in my view because every formula one racer needs a pit stop and that's what you provide
1: so beautifully put and uh, well, so well articulated, very good, very
0: clear. So, tell me, I'm glad you get it. Yeah, of course, of course. That's why I've been a fan of your work, and I, I constantly um, like your stuff on, on LinkedIn. And uh, I, 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 <laughs> I know where you've been before, and I, I love it. Um, so, anyway, so it sounds amazing. Tell me why you do what you do. You've, you've gleaned on that earlier, but you know, something drives you. To really help people, you go the extra mile. I can see that passion in your eyes when you, when you speak to your clients, that you really want it for them. So what drives you to do what you do?
1: First of all, thanks for the compliments. Two things, really. One is when I started to transform my life on a habitual level, on a uh, belief level, and on an environment level, I started to think back to my father's death. And I started to think, man, all the things that I'm doing today, my father didn't have. You know, success leaves clues, so does failure. And I just thought, you know what? If my father had what I had, or knew what I knew, or had my in- influence, maybe, just maybe, he wouldn't have taken his life. Maybe, just maybe, he wouldn't have suffered. And that brings me on to my big why. It's, I hate to see people suffer with me. I hate it. I, ca- I just want to end suffering. Um, and I keep taking that to another level every year, every year, and now getting involved in charitable causes for you know, suicide and mental health and uh, contributing towards animal sanctuaries. I became a vegan two year, just over two years ago, but I just hate to see suffering. And the reason why I'm so obsessed about it is because I know suffering is a choice. Even though it might not be conscious choice, but at some level, someone is choosing to stay where they are because of something that they've been through or because of a lack of something that allows them to come out of that hole. There's three ways to live. There's either suffering, there's surviving, which is just existing, and then there's thriving. And I will for the rest of my life on a physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual level, do whatever I can to influence and inspire people to go from suffering to surviving to thriving. Because, and it's not easy, right? It's difficult. I I go through a lot of things, whether running ultra-marathons and my toes falling off, or having to do my own work with my coaches to make sure that I'm getting rid of stuff that's still holding me back. It's not easy. But pain is inevitable and pain is a part of life. It's like the season's changing. It's suffering is a choice. Pain is doing what you need to do to get to where you want to go and if you can embrace that, including embracing your fears, you can embrace pain, you'll always understand that I'm just in motion and in nature and I'm in progress but suffering is having pain or experiencing pain and not doing anything about it and just staying in that space. So, that's the big why. If I see suffering, whether an old man on the streets that no one's spoken to, whether it's a homeless person, whether it's a child that I can see is, is being verbally abused by their parents, all of these things make my hair stand up on my back or give me goosebumps or make my heart cry because I just, I, I'm obsessed about changing it. Um, I want to end suffering, thats the short
0: answer. <laughs> yeah, and also you you said earlier that for some people don't need to hit rock bottom before they before they change, but you had to. And I would actually argue that most people have to hit rock bottom before pursuing a life where thriving uh, becomes a priority because most people we speak to say, I'm fine. and when you're fine, you're not bothered enough to change. And as Pink Floyd had that song, you're comfortably numb. It's only when you're that dissatisfied do you feel that rebellious and that motivated to get out of that hole and actually do something about it and change. And yeah, but your attendees are gonna really love these three days and they're gonna feel so empowered after the three days. And what was the feedback that oh, you absolutely. get?
1: absolutely. So would you mind saying that again the last bit?
0: So how will your attendees feel after they've left the mastermind the three days?
1: Oh, I mean, last year, people said, uh, speechless, if I can jump out of a plane, I can do anything. Also, it's my worst fear, and I made this very clear to all of my guests, but I jumped out of the plane first. So it made them want to go seek more leaders that are willing to jump in front of them or willing to leap in front of them. And it, it inspired them and made them more aware of what's possible and the importance of tapping into your own belief, your own internal story so that you can reach that full potential. But that's what we all want. We all people come to work with me because one, they want the truth, and I'm not scared to tell people the truth. And to come back to what you just said, you know, some people are in surviving when actually they're suffering. They're just not telling themselves the truth. Like you said, you're comfortably numb. So I tell people the truth, and then I allow them to go, to to do the work on themselves in a responsible way in a more aware way so they can now get closer and closer and closer to their full potential. But that's why people spend time with me, because they want to make their lives better. And that's what happens. People spend time with me, their lives get better. Not because of me, but because of the tools I have that allow them to go to work on themselves.
0: Yeah. And you said that your cup is so full now that it's overflowing into others. And you give so much on these events and to everyone you meet in general. Yeah, Uh and how do you Most personally <laughs> Yeah. How do you personally recharge after giving so much value? How do you fill your, your cup?
1: So the better we get, the better we get. I never used to. And even though I was on this mission from my early twenties until let's say until thirty, I was getting sick a lot and I would get run down and every single year I pay more attention to my own wellness and my own well being. This, you know, obviously I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but this is probably the most important thing out of everything in life. Not reaching your full potential, becoming successful, building a business. The most important thing is your health. Health is your real wealth. Without health and without energy, it's game over. It doesn't matter what age you are because you can't do anything. So every year I take a little bit more time to slow down, just a little bit. I'm not a fan of staying slow or doing nothing. Uh, Meditation has been something that I've been looking to master over the last, it seems now five, six years, and I get better at that. But that, re- that really, really helps me to recharge meditation through breath uh, and stillness, just sitting still. Nature is a big, big recharger for me. When I step into nature, it's like a, a battery. My, my battery just becomes full. And then also doing things that I enjoy. Doing things that I enjoy makes me feel at peace and gives me a lot of energy. So mostly fitness. It's not for everyone, but mostly for me, it's fitness. Hence why I train probably two to three times a day, once at, at absolute minimum. And then it's <laughs> so Netflix with my wife or having meals with my wife.
0: I mean, Netflix, you know, it's just what a great invention. They said the telephone was the best thing. I'm not sure. I look at Netflix and I think that's the best thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, anyway, one of the topics you coach on is the importance of being decisive. And I can't tell you how how that hits home after yesterday's conversation with, with somebody. And uh, the, I just want to scream, please, please make a decision. Um, being indecisive costs us in business and in relationships. Why do some of us feel indecisive at times? Is it a conflict of values? Is it a fear of change? Is it a coping mechanism to deal with confrontation? Is there a cure? I can't even decide.
1: So, I mean, I'm going to say, first of all, the first answer is it's all of the above or it's one of the above. Mostly it's we're we're thinking between our head and our heart, what we think we should do and what we believe we want to do. Or oh, it could also be a conflict of values. It could be because we're, it's a conflict between our internal values versus the external values that are put on us by our community, our parents, our environment, et cetera, et cetera. But the, okay, so the question, the short question is um, no, it wasn't even a question. It was I talk to people about being more decisive. Our life is made up by our decisions. And you said something along these lines that life is short. I can't remember exactly what you said, but the the longer we wait to act on something, the more we are compromising on our life. Because, you know, life's running out. There's, there's some fantastic apps out there for mobile phones. And you can, I think they're called like life clock or Life Countdown. Wow. And every single day, you can have a, an app on your phone, which every day tells you how many days you have left. Now, obviously, this is based on Death an assumption, isn't it? Wow. You know, mindset to 100. Mindset to 100. So it's like, you've got 60-something years left, JP. <laughs> and then it's 50-something and 40-something. So for us to really get the most out of our life, you know, and not even, you don't have to want to like, oh, I want to be the champ of the world, and all these things. But to leave a legacy to to be able to make that dash between your birth date and your your death date, to make that line or that dash really count, you know, now is the only time for you to take action. Now, I often say that when you do nothing, you get nothing. When you do something, you always get something. It might not be what you want, but at least you're getting something. And even if it's something bad, you're still learning. And as a result of that learning, you're growing. So Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins' number one success coach or life coach or life strategist in the world says that Our moments, uh, in the moments of our decisions, our destiny is shaped. Yep. So it's not even that we're deciding to start deciding. We're always deciding, but we're either deciding to act on our values, act on our beliefs, act on our wants and our needs, or we're acting on nothing. And that's still a decision. Yeah. So I talk a lot about responsibility, personal responsibility. I have two types of people that generally come to me. The first, type, the first type or the first kind are people that become clients or students of mine for life. They hold themselves fully responsible for where they are, who they are, and for what they have or what they don't have. And then I get these other type of people because it's the industry that I'm in, personal development. They come to you and they want you to spray personal development dust on them, magic dust. Right, if I come see you, you'll change my life, you'll spray magic dust on me. And these people just aren't, they're not at that level of responsibility yet. And they want someone else to change things for them. And therefore they they decide to do nothing or they decide three months later to go to another van, see another coach, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And uh, when someone is not making a decision, that indecision is a decision in itself. And normally it's fear, I find, of shame guilt or judgment by society's norms so if they have decided that actually they want to get divorced but i can't because i'll be judged or it's probably a better decision for my business if i go bankrupt but then i'll be judged and then and then they they take the decision or they don't and then they blame the world or they blame other people for for their situation and taking ownership is is huge and taking personal responsibility and not being a victim of your actions but but realizing that you had a conscious part to play and you're not just a victim of your circumstances, you have some choice. And actually in the West, we've got a lot of choice. If you look at other countries, individuals have less choice than we do. And we, that, that gives me a lot of perspective, actually. I, I'm, I'm humbled by the choices that we have. And occasionally I feel um, it's, it's a bit rich when we are ungrateful with the abundance that we have around us but anyway I'm not going to go on, on, on to that yeah, but. I would I just say, second that and just say that's absolutely
1: 100% correct and sometimes even with regards to the last thing you just said sometimes I have to catch myself you know check myself before I wreck myself as the saying goes because I'll be like, hey, I'm not being grateful. And then I'm like, how dare you, JP, not be grateful. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 100% everything that you're saying. And you know, I, to come back to what I said before, Stephanie cage caige do another few seconds here. Uh, it, it, sometimes we just need to hear the truth. I had a client of mine, and I, I use the story quite often, overweight her whole life, morbidly obese, massive, and unhappy and stuck, stuck in her home, unhappy in her business, uh, and unhappy in her body. I had a very honest conversation with her that no one ever had in her whole life. Uh, she lost about 10 stone. She got herself out of her business and now she's traveling the world with her kids. Amazing. Now, it's not rocket science, what I taught her. I just was willing to tell her what most people aren't willing to tell her. And well, obviously, what she wasn't willing to tell herself, therefore kept sabotaging and and you know living according to what you just said before, which is, hiding from what you're afraid of. And in this case, it was the truth. Yeah. So facing the truth or facing your fears, is, it's just liberating. It really is. Yeah. And that's why I do all the time. Last thing, I do that all the time. I look for things that I'm afraid of. I look for areas for me to grow. I look for areas for me to be honest with myself, my partner, my friends, and everyone on social media. And there you see myself, so I'm very honest. Because I know as I do that, I free myself and I liberate myself. And like the The famous uh, poem by Marianne Williamson, she says, when you liberate yourself, you give other people permission to do the same.
0: Mm -hmm. But also, comfort zone has a lot to play with that. And sometimes when you're coaching someone, you can tell when you've pushed too much, you can feel that we've we've arrived. We've arrived at their comfort zone and they're about to break. And what decision are they going to make? And why do sometimes people settle for average? Is it because they're not prepared to explore to, to higher grounds? Because it's easy
1: average is easy (laughs) so our our brain just you know we're survival creatures our brain just wants us to survive it has no other function i must keep you alive now i i know that from many different examples from my education from coaching experience from my own life experience but also i've been a professional boxer so of course when boxing gets too traumatic what does your brain do your brain says good night i'm going to sleep which is, you know, where you get an eight count in the, in the boxing ring or when you get knocked unconscious in the street. It's not because you're failing. It's because your brain's saying, this is too traumatic, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to put you to sleep right now. And then you go to sleep until the, the, the challenge goes away or whatever is around you goes away. So our brain just wants us to survive. It wants us to drink water, breathe, eat, and sleep.
0: Yeah, sounds and
1: good. <laughs> Moved. <laughs> hopefully moved. So, so it's human nature. So anyone listening to this, if you think, oh, I'm lazy, you know, get over yourself. You're a human being. We're all lazy. But what gets us to go from comfortable to uncomfortable is our desire, our dreams, our goals, our passion. And fortunately, unfortunately, these don't live in our head. They do not live in our head. They live in our heart. They live in our gut, our intuition, our genius. Uh, You have to be able to tap into that heart space if you want to conquer your head, if you want to conquer your laziness. So one of my books is called From Ordinary to Extraordinary, and it's all about winning your morning, which is putting yourself first. That's engaging your heart. It's about movement, meditation, mindfulness, connecting with nature, being grateful. All these things are about connecting with your heart space and going from your head to your heart. And when you're in your head, you're dead. When you're in your heart, you
0: thrive. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And at the moment, I can't tell if sometimes I'm being lazy or if sometimes I'm just plain exhausted. <laughs> and I remember going into the gym <laughs> and going to a boxing class and Sometimes I really thrive in a boxing class. I love these classes. They give me so much energy and I can do these, you know, eight piece combos or whatever. But sometimes I can't even remember my locker number when I get, I just get, I I don't have enough mental bandwidth. I need to ask the receptionist to open the locker for me because I've just, forgotten everything because I've just got so much, so many plates to spin and not enough sticks to spin them with that I just lose my mind. So uh, we need to install healthy habits every single day to make sure we have enough bandwidth and enough emotional resilience. And you said that you um, train sometimes three times a day to keep an empowered state. So you must have seen other healthy habits across your coaching clients. Let's talk about mindset and cultivating an empowered state. What are the key habits that keep us empowered?
1: With regards to psychology, it's something that we discussed already, which is gratitude. It is the most powerful thing because when you're in a state or a feeling of gratitude, you can't be in another state. You can't be in two different states at the same time. So when you're in gratitude, you can't be in anger or resentment or hatred or depression or anxiety. You, whatever you're feeling, you're feeling. You're not, you don't say, oh, I feel a bit depressed, and you know what, I feel a bit elated at the same time. No, you either feel one thing or the other thing. So gratitude is very powerful. The exercises would be writing things that you're grateful for in the morning, getting out of bed as soon as your feet, reach the floor, say the five things you're grateful for. Get a meditation app or a gratitude app and do some gratitude practices first in the morning. And even at night, you know, when you go to bed, you're, you're marinating in sauce. Your brain is marinating in sauce. So you want to make sure that the last thoughts, right, the sauce that you're putting in your brain, the last thoughts that you have are in alignment and congruent with the person that you want to be or you believe you can be. It, it will not give you a good night's sleep if the last thing you're thinking about is something that's missing, something that's gone wrong, or something that's challenging you. I mean, that is a... I do a lot of business coaching and I talk about return on investment a lot. Thinking is an investment. So you need to think all the time, is my thinking the type of thinking that I want? So when you go to sleep, ask yourself, well, what do I need to think right now? So I do a little visualization, not all the time, but sometimes with my head hits the pillow, I say, okay, I'm going to create a movie right now. Now, lucky for me, because generally I have healthy habits, I don't struggle with sleep. I fall asleep within a few minutes. But I just play a little movie. I close my eyes, I put a smile on my face, and I play a little movie of my greatest life. And then I marinate in that sauce all night. So most of the time, I'm always conscious that most of the time because I don't want people to, one, put me on a pedestal. I think that I'm, I'm not a human being. Or that this, you know, I'm just like everyone else. So in the morning, most of the time, I wake up feeling amazing. I can't wait to jump out of bed because I've been marinating in this you know, good brain source, a good brain juice like my friend says. Mm-hmm. So the second thing is we, whatever we focus on expands. Focus on your goals, not on your challenges. Focus on your desired outcomes, not on the things holding you back or your, the things that are, are making you uh, feel uh, uncomfortable or n- make you not feel right so journaling is an absolute must whether that's in a digital way or on paper or it's just in you know, a writing notes on anything on the way to work but getting your intentions right is very important because your intention will affect your attention your intention is where you're heading your attention is what you have to do next to know that you're comfortably certainly on your way And then the third thing I would say is, uh, and this is not really a, a simple practice to do, but it's one of the most important things in my life, if not the most important. If you want to have a CEO or an optimized or a healthy or wealthy mindset, get around CEO type, optimized, healthy, wealthy people. You become the people you spend the most time with. And for me, having come from where I've come from, I command that I get around the right people because I know that whoever I spend time with is going to be who I become eventually. So I choose my circle very carefully and every single day, every single day, I surround myself with someone greater than me, more challenged than me, Wealthier than me, whether spiritually or financially, fitter than me. And if it can't be physically, I go online, right? We're more, we're luckier now than yeah. we've ever been in the existence of our because you can just put on your phone and you can have access to, I mean, unless there are a monk in the Himalayas, you can get access to any human being in the world through YouTube, Google, social media. It's all there.
0: Yeah. And the, and the monks are with their tribe, too. So they're actually quite happy. They don't yeah. need. So so. It's, exactly. it's, we are all tribal. And, and when we don't feel comfortable or we feel like we're in an environment where we're not understood or we don't feel emotionally or psychologically safe is because we're not with our people. We're not with our tribe. We're not with like minded people. So good. And that can be very difficult. say that again. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be very difficult as well for my clients who are going through a physical transformation. So I've got a 12-week program and a 12-month program where people lose uh, body fat and increase uh, lean muscle tissue through neurolinguistic programming and nutritional therapies. Mm-hmm. And they keep it off for good by embracing an athletic lifestyle for the rest of their life, not just for the program, but forever. Um, because it's quite easy to, to stick with something for 12 weeks or 12 months but not so much for 12 years and that's that's really the challenge but how how can you be healthy forever and setting the intention for your body and the first step in my methodology is let's set the intentions let's write a love letter to your body and the machine that you're holding there and let's set the intention what how how am i going to best look after you and What environment do I need to sow those seeds in so that they can flourish best? And the importance of tribe has come up again and again. The one thing that I have uh, noticed uh, across my clients, they use food as their way to connect with their feelings or their emotions because they have no (laughs) other way of connecting within their tribe. Either their partner doesn't agree with what they're trying to do with their health and fitness or they don't have enough support, friends and family. Loneliness is one of the biggest Uh, Mental health crisis in 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 the world at the moment, and not being surrounded by tribe. Using technology to leverage tribe is is a way of embracing social media and not seeing it as the evil that, of course, we all know that it is. But as in, we we feel that that sort of addiction. Um, Have they liked me? No, they have. But it's it's not. uh, It's using social media to your advantage by connecting with those who are trying to achieve what you're wanting to achieve, who believe in the ideals that you believe in. And you have created a community with your seminars, your events, and everything that you post on social media. You are connecting like-minded people together, and therefore you don't feel alone. Even though we are all ultimately alone, and you you have uh, faced death uh, and in, in your life where you know you're alone. And anyone who's had, you've got cancer, or anyone who's received such news. Ultimately, we are alone. And I take a lot of power in that. And uh, I'm often soothed by people around me saying, you're not alone. There's always me, you can call. And it's not actually true. We are all alone. And that's okay. And being okay with that is, is part of it. But also, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. And you have created a wonderful tribe of people and a community where we can all thrive together and build that environment and that ecosystem of friends. So, Tell us about your uh, community of high achievers and how that accelerates success and your peak performers that you're cultivating. First of all, wow, I just could listen to you forever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you're dropping such
1: amazing knowledge bombs and you're just speaking my language. I'm sitting here just swaying from side to side, agreeing and acknowledging everything that you agreeing with and acknowledging everything you're saying. Uh, absolutely, and I'm so glad that you brought up tribes. What feels like five minutes ago now, mm-hmm. and I believe in natural living. You know, I, I eat as natural as I can. I live as natural as I can. I, I try to get my mind to be as na- in a more, more natural state, most natural state that I can. And if you look at tribes, I mean, go to any tribe, whether in the Arctic regions, in the bush, in the desert, they're they're tribes. They live together. They don't live on their own. And actually, if you look at, you know, in comparison to to today's world, where we think we have to do everything on our own, or when we feel like we're failing, we isolate ourselves, if you go back to the most natural state of living, which is in tribes, the worst thing you can do to a human being in a tribe, when they've done the worst thing possible, let's say the worst crime, what will happen to them? They banish them from the tribe. So, this is the, in, a, in a natural environment. The worst thing you can do is make someone alone. Yet today we make ourselves alone. And I'm not saying that it's easier, I just said, no, I'm not going to be alone anymore. <laughs> like it's painful. But, like I said before, going through pain and feeling alone is one thing. Then doing something about that, that's up to you because life owes you nothing, God owes you nothing. Stephanie owes you nothing, I owe you nothing. It's up to you. You owe yourself everything, but you need to be willing to at least do something to get to that place. And for me, I told you before, my ultimate goal in life is to end as much suffering as I can. And look, I listened to you and I'm thinking, this is just everything that I stand for, everything. And I'd actually love to come meet you in London and continue this conversation, and maybe I can interview you. But it's everything that I stand for, and that's why I created my online coaching community, which is called Life Fitness University. It's not about physical fitness, it's about being fit for life. Just being able to attack life rather than always living on a defense. And starts, rather than feeling like life's happening to me, start living your life like life is happening for me. Regardless of what's going on around you. And I have people from all over the world that are part of this membership community. I can't even say platform because it's a community. And that means that in this community, no one is ever alone. But that doesn't mean that it's all fluffy and you know hunky-dory all the time. No, people challenge you. And people call you out on your goals and people make public declarations there. But the important thing is, I've managed to create something that is a healthy, happy, wealthy environment where people come together, never feel alone again, have the tools for them to keep making progress in their life, and then have the, have the people to back them, including me as their coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think some of my clients would love to join that university and think, how would a life fitness university person deal with this life problem right now? Because there's got to be a more <laughs> empowered way to resolve a to resolve this issue. And it's all very well leaving. A, a group of friends a lot of my clients leave their friends and pubs and start getting new friends in gyms or different fitness classes that they might be attending as they get healthier and that's easier to do but if you're married or if you're in a partnership with somebody what do we do if we feel our partner holds us back that can be a tough one. Have you noticed that when you're, when you're with people and they've been married for 20 years and they've noticed that actually, but they're not ready to get divorced, maybe because of children, maybe because of excuses, maybe because of genuine yeah. realities, or maybe because they do value them as a provider or as a good father. But then, you know, how do they how do they detribe and retribe themselves <laughs> within a relationship where they feel so alone? So
1: this is a very, I mean, a great question, but a very heavy question that really warrants a, you uh, know, a long answer. Oh, we'll so do I'm it another time. Of, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Just, I'm just conscious of time and maybe we can do a part two of this because sure, sure. I, really, I I don't want to do people uh, a disservice by giving some short answer, but I'll, I'll give a short version, but I just want to get that out there in the front. First of all, I would say it's radical honesty uh, with yourself. There's three parts to radical honesty. Being honest with yourself, being honest with your partner, and allowing your partner or your family the space to be honest with you. Because sometimes you know, we show up in a way that oh we want people to, you know, respect us and honor us and and you know let us do what we need to do. But we don't actually give them the space to just tell us the truth so that we can have an honest conversation. My wife and I are not perfect. We always say that we're perfectly imperfect. But we've managed to have five years, over five years of a beautiful relationship almost three years of being married and it just it gets better and better but every time something goes wrong we're very honest with each other and we fix it and we both believe that in the moments of our challenges and radical honesty we're either going to go our separate ways or we're going to get a lot stronger and touch wood, thanks God, touch everything my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time we've got stronger and stronger and stronger. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is perspective. Right? Just listening to this, if you're going through a challenge, all I'm giving you is a different perspective to your reality. So I would say, go seek it everywhere. And this is the importance of a coach, right? You know, I, I know you, you're a n- nutritional therapist, but you're very, you're a coach, you know, I'm um, just listening to you. You're an extremely good coach. And you have a lot of value to give and a lot of perspective to put on people that can allow them to think of what they're going through in a different way. So I would say go gain perspective. I did a brilliant TEDx talk with my wife three years ago on relationships. Just type my name in Google and TEDx and you'll find it. But, you know, there's plenty of different books that you can read, the five love languages and coaches and influencers that you can spend time with online or offline to become more aware because you don't know what you don't know and you only know what you know. So if you're stuck, the first thing you need to do is look at more perspective and more awareness. Because once you gain awareness, only then can you change.
0: Yes, absolutely. I always tell my clients, if you ever feel stuck or lost, I want you to feel triggered into thinking there must be a book on this somewhere off I go into Waterstones. Let me have a cup of tea there and just browse yeah, yeah. and get the answer because th- there's no need to feel s- stuck and lost, particularly for years. And, uh, but anyway, so there must be a few case studies so, that so, have. So, so, so divorce is pain, right? Fixing
1: your relationship is pain. Doing something about it, that's, uh, sorry, not doing anything about it, that's suffering. To come back to what I was saying before. Yeah, don't and i suffer. And,
0: don't, and I'm don't saying. The suffering. Well don't stay in the suffering but I say you know what maybe maybe that is your choice maybe that but do choose it consciously and don't bitch about it you know just own your yes. decisions if you're going to stay if you're
1: going to be average just be happy with it yeah
0: if you're going to stay own that decision and don't be a victim and say I'm choosing to stay because I'm compromising this value and this value in favor of the value of my children or whatever which takes priority and I'm doing that and and just take ownership of your decisions And, and easier easier said than done. And when you're on low carbs, honestly, these decisions get a little bit harder. So I can, I can, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so I I really have been awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay. So, um, anyway, life can be tough, but it's how you choose to respond that defines us. Life hits you in the face and you hit back. And these challenges stretch our comfort zone. And what I've noticed that a client can handle a divorce or a bankruptcy and maybe a death in the family, but Sometimes these things all come at once and your comfort zone is just beyond and then they have a nervous breakdown. How do we develop resilience and grit to keep pushing forward?
1: Well, it's consistency and discipline. And, you know, I've I've studied a lot of successful people over the last decade and more. And you can look at anyone that's successful or highly fulfilled in sport, business or relationships and they show up every day. I said to someone this morning, I celebrate you. And I was thanking uh, someone for being consistent in their own life because they did something that they were stuck uh, one and a half years ago. And I said, I want you to do something, but the important thing is I want you to do this challenge every single day. And they didn't. They completely turned their life around. I said, the reason why you did is because you showed up. A lot of people make things bigger than it needs to be. They make their life transformation bigger than it needs to be. But it's finding little things to do every single day with discipline and consistency. Discipline meaning doing what you need to do, even if you don't feel like doing it, and consistency. Consistency meaning do it every day, uh, and that will lead you to a better life. That will make you more resilient. That will make you more confident, more certain. Why? Because we get good at whatever we practice. Now you're practicing something already, and if it's not serving you, I'm warning you that you're going to become better at it to the point that you're a world champion. We all know friends, or we all have friends that need a medal for complaining. We all have people in our lives that you know, deserve to be a world, world champion for staying stuck in their own story. Have your story, but don't live in your story. Use your story to fuel you and to, to, to use it as a way to get out of where you are and increase the pain, increase the pleasure for where you know you can be. And then just choose a couple of things a day or five things a day. And say, you know what, this is so easy for me to do. But if I did just this for 90 days or 12 weeks or 12 months, surely that will mean progress. And if you can tick that off and it's tiny and that even is progress for you, then choose another five things and another five things. And you'll just get better and better and better. I mean, there's no expiration date on life transformation. It's constant. It's constant and never-ending. We're either growing or we're dying. So find something just, just, just outside your comfort zone. That even if you get rocked, even if life punches you in the face, you're still able to act on your intentions.
0: Yeah. And uh, I attract a lot of clients who are over 100 kilos and they are never motivated to go to the gym. And I say, you don't need to be motivated, you need to be committed. And it's not going to feel pleasurable. When you have a lot of emotional pain and emotional eating is is a symptom of emotional pain that's now being reflected in this behavior that's caused this physical physical body to store excess body fat. Because you weren't born this way, you became this way. So we need to make you a different way. So until you become something else, We, we have to look at your week. And if we know that you're working out three or four times a week, and we know you're going to hate that initially, that's fine. But we also build into your week things that we know you're going to enjoy. For example, a conversation with a friend or going to watch a movie without the popcorn and without the Coca-Cola. And and we know, or, or, or maybe a music concert or something. We build it. We look at the overall self-care and We build in things that you're going to find pleasurable so that the whole thing comes that little bit more bearable. Because if it's too much out of your comfort zone, you start to rebel and you start... We have to grow your comfort zone incrementally. I think that's the key for constant small progress on the right direction. Okay, cool. So
1: Like, Like I said, the better we get, the better we get.
0: Yes. So let's talk about your books, which are amazing. And you have four books currently available on your site. One going live this week. Would you like to tell us about your first book? I'll tell you about the fourth book. The
1: first book is okay. called 77 Ways to Reshape Your Life, and it was when I was a personal trainer. It's mindset, uh, fitness, and nu- nutrition. And then my second book was all about habits. I understood that what we do every day or what we do most of the time is what we become. So I wrote in a book my top 10 habits, which are still uh, 10 of my top habits today. Then I started moving into the coaching space and doing a lot of corporate and high-level leadership coaching. So I looked at leaders in business that weren't successful in life but were only successful in business. And I looked at well, how can you be successful in business and in life, You know, incorporating things like wellness and fitness and mindset and gratitude, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously nutrition as well. And that's called The Extraordinary CEO. And then my last book is all about responsibility, it's, you know, I can give people all the strategies in the world, but unless you're willing to own up for everything that you have become, like you said, you know, you weren't born this way, you became this way. <laughs> um, I think that's what you said. Yeah. So it's, it's very good. And it's all about responsibility. So it's about taking ownership of your life. It's about taking action every single day. and It's about facing your fears, facing failure, being willing to fail in the pursuit of your greatest self. And really, the end result of reading the book is if you read that book, it's absolutely impossible for you to not move from where you are. First of all, if you didn't think you could be better, you would not pick up the book. It says how to own your your life, go after what you want and live a life with no regrets. So generally, by picking it up, you're already saying, I recognize I can be better. Mm -hmm. By reading the book, you're going to take action you're not going to space back in your
0: story anymore the, they're all great 77 ways to reshape your life the principles of peak performance how to move from ordinary to extraordinary the extraordinary CEO and how to win at business and life and how to own your life I think these are We've just
1: done your research. <laughs>
0: they are all great yeah, reads <laughs> they're all great reads and all the urban, urban healthers uh, I think should have, have a little read of those see what resonates and and implement the the learnings in those and all, all of my clients are currently on this journey with me and they'll be loving your uh, insights here. I encourage my clients to connect with their inner athlete. We're all designed to move, but we've forgotten that. And I love your blog on movement, but you've also been a fighter and that's a very empowering sport to, to take up. So tell us how we can awaken the athlete within someone that's in inside all of us. We all have it. You know, we're always... You either
1: stand for something or you stand for nothing. You're either fighting for something or you're fighting for nothing. And you are worth fighting for. Your life is worth fighting for. And for me, being an athlete is one, and sport and fitness is one of the greatest metaphors for life. Because fitness and sport and being a fighter is all about... Even though you fail, get back up and keep moving. It doesn't matter what kind of sport it is. Boxing, obviously, and being a fighter is just one of those sports. But it's every single day looking to be one millimeter faster, jump one millimeter higher, one millimeter quicker, one second quicker. That's what life is about. The ultimate goal for everyone in life and certainly everyone that I've ever worked with is happiness. And happiness isn't a destination, it's a feeling. And the feeling of happiness comes from progress. We feel like we're achieving something, we're moving forward, we're progressing in our life. And in my humble opinion, that is the most important thing in life, to be able to wake up uh, each new day, do things in your life that are you know, contributing towards others, or you're, you're doing something in your life that when you go to sleep, you can say, you know what, I grew a little today. I progress a little today. Well, you know what? I failed and as a result of that, I learned something today and therefore I've also grown. But the more we learn, the more we earn, the more we know, the more we grow, the more we read, the more we succeed. Like it's all about going to work on you and chasing with obsession your greatest life, because it is possible. You are possible.
0: JP, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Everybody have a look at Life Fitness University online coaching, jeanpierredevillier.com. JP, thank you so much for helping the Urban Health Podcast and keeping busy people healthy.
1: Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you, everyone. I look forward to connecting with you in some way Um, all over social media. And Stephanie, I will check in with you later and I look forward to connecting again. It's been a fantastic conversation.
0: Okay, thank you. Bye.